From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, is crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. All right, everybody. Uh, Tom Petty, free falling. I needed to I needed to hear that line because that's what this show's about. It's a very very with a very very heavy heart that we put forth an interview that we did with our now late friend Brody Stevens on this podcast episode 62. And I'm we've just, be, we've been feeling like we've been free falling ever since the news came last Friday. Um we were on a plane heading to Tulsa, and we got texted that 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 Brody had taken his life, and it was, I mean, we always knew, we knew, and I'm sure it'll come to light even in listening to that episode, that he was always dealing with stuff. He just dealt with a lot of stuff, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of self-doubt. He was medicated when he went off his medication a few years ago, a, you know, crazy incident happened involving him and the cops and you know he he needed to be medicated however when he was medicated, medicated he felt like you couldn't be funny it, it was like putting himself. a i think pat oswald said it was like putting a wet blanket or a huge blanket a dulling blanket on his senses and brody was a guy who was a raw nerve on stage I mean, he felt everything. And we always, always, from Cheap Seats, getting him writing work on Cheap Seats, to when we did the the pilot for Comedy Central Sports Comedy Pilot, he warmed it up. To I, I think about when he would warm up at midnight. He warmed up Chelsea Lately that we did, and he was on that show. He was on At Midnight with us. But when he warmed up at midnight, we would be at, and we'd be nervous because you've got stuff that you've written and you've got stuff you're going to riff off the top of your head. It's a TV taping. You want to do well. Knowing that Brody was out there warming the crowd up, we would in between takes and right before they're about to say roll, we're going, we would talk back and forth to Brody. We would just joke around with him and, and, and he allowed himself to be the butt of the joke. He joked back. He went with it all the time and he actually calmed us down. So he warmed the audience up and calmed us down. He was that ty- that generous of a person in that way. I will never forget, and this is relevant to this show, um, I will never forget them when we were asked to do a show for Major League Baseball for the All-Star Game down in Anaheim. So the game was in Anaheim. There were tons of people coming out to this party afterwards. They said, pick three com- two comics you want to bring with you. And we said, let's have Brody host and get him some money. Let's bring another baseball fanatic, Tig Notaro, mm-hmm. with us. Um, and I remember Brody came out first, and the crowd was... Like, the show could not have had... 
could not less have been, to do with sports and have less importance to these people who were walking around to like buffet stations and couldn't care less mm-hmm. about watching standing watching show. He whipped them together, whipped them into shape. I don't care. Put that chicken sandwich down. I can throw eighty eight miles an hour with, with movement. movement. What can you do? You got it. It was a beautiful thing to see, and he did great. And Tig did well because she lived in the moment. We struggled, and we were the headliners. <laughs> and part of what I was saying when I watched that was how in the moment he always was, especially when he was on stage. And and the the thought and the sadness that we have is that, you know, Brody has been a part of our comedy life for 25 years, for a quarter of a century, as long as we've been in comedy. He was in New York, and then he's been out here in L.A. And, you know, I just can't. Imagine we haven't walked into a comedy situation since then, but we will we will tonight, which is the night before this this drops. But I can't imagine being somewhere where he isn't there. We went on we were in Denver over the weekend and we surprised our friend Adam Ray, who was had we were did a show which went really well at the uh as part of the Denver Jewish Chamber of Commerce and the JCC. Thank you, Sheila Abrahamson, for setting that up. And we did that. That was great. And then we hopped because we needed to. We drove down downtown to Denver Comedy Works, one of our favorite, if not our favorite club in the country. And Adam Ray was finishing up and we went on stage with his merch at the end of the show. To help him sell his to merch. Help him sell but his really merch. also to say to tribute to Brody. Brody in front of a crowd of two hundred and seventy five people to Doing and, his jokes do, and getting laughs. Getting laughs with his jokes. You know, I drive a nineteen ninety six Toyota Corolla, leather exterior. You got it. I get road rage in a car wash. You, you got, got it. it. I get bo in the shower. Just I'm very intense. Very intense. Uh, so Brody, we we miss you so much. I, 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 Again, I, we knew that he was struggling with stuff, and we knew always. The last time we saw him was ten days before he died, and that was at the comedy store in the kitchen. And he was. T- we talked about having him come back on Dumb People Town to in this podcast, promote his Amazon special, and he was, you know, feeling a little bad about some of the negative comments that are on there. We're like, man, comment. you can't worry about comments, number one. Number two, congratulations on having a special on Amazon. There are literally hundreds of comics that wish they could have that. And then number three, look at this is what we said to him. Look at where we're ta- we're having a conversation in the kitchen of the comedy store. Where you You're are- going to be closing that show in the main room in, in a short period of time. We are lucky to be here. You are lucky to be here. And we love you. And we hugged him. And then that was it. That was our last interaction with him. And it makes me really sad that we're not going to hear his voice. We're not going to hear his cadence. You can hear it, but we're not going to hear it again. So I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe we'll end all of our shows simply by saying enjoy, enjoy it. at the end. I'll just say, at least for now, I'll just say this. We felt like we felt like he was someone we always truly loved and loved being around. We sought him out. And we just can't let him go right now. And so instead of doing a regular episode for this week, we'll get back to that next week. Dom Herrera will be our guest next week. And then the week after that, we've got the guys from Baseball Card Vandals. They'll be on the show. But on a somber note, but also a celebratory note of someone who we truly, truly loved every time we saw him. And you feel the love when you hear this episode. This is the Brody Stevens episode of View from the Cheap Seats, episode 62. We'll play the interview and the quick hit segment that we did with him. And then we'll play you uh, something A little something special at the end. So uh, enjoy that. Enjoy it. All right. This is a beautiful... Well, when we come back from the break, we'll have that interview. And this is a song that says, I'm here. 
I am, and in parentheses, I am alive. We are here and we carry on Brody's tradition. He will live in our stories and in our memories and we miss you, Brody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Hey guys, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Our guest on the show, as we mentioned before, is the great Stephen Brody Stevens, uh, a.k.a. Brody Stevens, a.k.a. Enjoy it! Push! You got it. It's one of our favorite people in comedy. Like, we've been been in comedy with this guy for so long. Every time we see him when we're out, feel good. We get deep, deep, deep into sports. This guy who played baseball for Arizona State, he was close to Fernando Vina's closely shorn beard. Yeah. Did he have a good, did he have a goatee back in the day? I think he did. Yeah, he had a mustache and a little goatee. He You're was... playing alongside a guy like Fernando Vina, and he's a diminutive fellow, kind of El Tuve-esque. Yeah, he had quick hands. We called, uh, we, we had a Nintendo, was because his hands were so quick. He was were, like, you, were you playing alongside a guy like that saying, this guy's going to make it to the show? How, people weren't that? surprised, but he was our shortstop. He played shortstop at Arizona State, and then he went to, to second, base. second base. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was a great hitter. He was he played uh, great hitter, so you knew something was gonna he was gonna go. And he was a little he pushed it. He got in trouble. He went to Hawaii. Yeah, he got sent home. He was defiant. Really? Yeah. Coach Brock sent him home, and then we uh, he had to apologize to the team. And, wow. And. and explain like what the word defiant was <laughs> the definition of it he didn't know what that was maybe not at the time need to look it up you need to look it up uh well you know he doesn't need to define much except uh his career which was a fantastic I mean, arizona career. state a factory for putting guys in in the mlb am i right oh yeah we had i i think overall we've got like 115 guys which is like top three i think florida Miami, state florida texas. state texas dude that's a d1 team a D1 sports program that you played for, you pitched, 
Or what did you play? I, I did pitch, yeah. They recruited me, a recruited walk-on, meaning that I didn't have to go through the uh, the tryouts with right. the, like, like topsiders and jeans. I didn't have to deal with those guys. <laughs> those I was guys, like... Every every guy was like, I can play. Well, I, so this is interesting because, you know, we talk about the funnel. I mean, when we would sit down, we talked to, you know, coaches mm-hmm. at the college level. Talked and, to Michael Costa last week about, gosh. like, look, every... Like, the greatest guy you've ever seen in high school is, like, lucky to be, like, a recruited walk-on at a D1 program. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, they, I... Did you own your high school league? No, I was good. I wasn't like a stud. I was like a good player. I had good, I had a good arm. Mm -hmm. I was just like mentally in and out. I had a live arm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like a 500 pitcher. I gave you innings, but there was something there. But I went to Reseda, which wasn't known as, say, a powerhouse. What was a powerhouse back in the day in Southern California? Chatsworth. Chatsworth always Uh, had a good team. Canoga Park. Always had a good team. El Camino. Yeah. Those are like the the top teams back then. Those are putting guys at Long Beach State. Those are putting guys at yeah. San Diego State. I mean, Chats, Cal worth, State, Fullerton. Exactly. Like we, Reseda was never and still isn't known as a baseball school. I think there's like one guy that made it to the majors. A guy who played on the Diamondbacks. We were a football school, but I was around all those guys, and I also played American Legion, so yeah. I had some some good. I, I just had <laughs> a good better. arm. Yeah, so you, you, you saw a coach. Jeff Pentland was the hitting coach for Arizona State, and he saw I pitched against Chatsworth High School, and he said, like, I have a good arm. He felt like I have a chance to it's maybe amazing. blossom, maybe, you know, something. And I always, and I just wanted to get out of the San Fernando Valley. Right. And looking back on it, I probably should have gone to Pierce College or Valley College, but I, I had, I think, going to spring training, I went to, to go see the Cubs and the Angels out in Era, Tempe yeah. and Mesa, yeah. Arizona, like in 86 or whatever. And, wow. like, and I felt like, wow, I want to come back here. And when I had a chance, I took a recruiting trip to Arizona State. They recruited me. I saw it, and I was, like, hooked right away. Because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful school. The Tempe Improv is right there. We're all we're around there all the time. Yeah. I never never went to the Tempe Improv. Never when, when even. When did you start doing comedy? Not until 1993, right when I was done with, with college. Uh, baseball. I took one. I took one acting class at Arizona State. My final semester, I had yeah. some like extra credits, and I would uh, tried to be all take an acting class, and um, it was hard for me. But I would people would laugh at me, kind of trying to be serious. And then one <laughs> of the football guys, because we were all the athletes would study together. Yeah, he said, "Brody, you, you should do stand up comedy." Because I really didn't know what stand up comedy was. Yeah, of you know, course. Dice was You're, just coming out. Yeah, yeah. And so you still didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks. Enjoy. Yeah. So then when I came back to LA, I was done with baseball. I probably could have gone into coaching, but I said, I want to, I mean, because when I took that acting class, my yeah. final semester there right. was such a breath of fresh air because I'm I was sure so was. in the jock comedy, right. jock world. Right. Right. Which is a, which is a not dip- funny. Yeah, not jocks are not funny unless they're snapping a towel on your bare ass in the shower. There was a lot of that going on. There's a lot of cracking on dudes. There's a lot of busting on people. Yeah, there's a lot of calling dudes. A lot gay. of Jew jokes. A lot yeah. of Jew jokes. A lot of you're gay. You're this. You're yes. that. Yes. Yes. That is. The so you've been jokes. in high level profile locker. C- could you see? I mean, think about it. Think about it from this perspective. Could you see an out gay player playing in a professional locker room or no? Is that not an environment that you feel like is conducive for people I to don't, be like, Yeah, I think it would be pretty hard. Really difficult. I think it would be... Just well, because of the culture that's around. Yeah, the extra pressure and just... I'm, I'm not saying I was that guy, but I could see it's just... No, I'm just talking about the culture. Now I'm talking about you. You're a sensitive dude. You actually, I'm, you're sens- o- I'm you're Jewish. Op- you're Jewish. You're open to pretty much everybody and everything. And so 
my question is like, but is 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 sports ready? Is that world ready to open arms? See, I always said it had to be like Ray Lewis has to come out and say that he's gay, and then everybody on the team is like, dude, this guy's yeah. a leader. This guy kicks ass on the team. We there's nothing we can do about it. And you know what I mean? There's we can't do the things that we would do if it were a weaker player on our like, team. Like it has to be. It has to be the guy who has to be you, the toughest. Who, if you dude. lost him, the team would lose too much. For the rest, like if of the Tom team. Brady said he was gay, all the Boston would be like, "Dude, you gotta fucking love him. He's fi- it doesn't Dude, matter. Yeah, he fucking loves guys with gay. a fuck ass, you know." I th- I think um, I He's think it's Tom gonna Brady. happen. I think it's gonna happen. One, it will kind of happen. I mean, look, the players are. So I think the guys on the the Braves got they're like very. There, there's intimacies. There's different cultures coming together. Maybe in different cultures yeah. outside of America, being gay although I think in Latin culture it's worse, and in African American culture the, the 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 coming out is a more difficult thing. Yeah, I feel like that's then even white culture, which is like more okay with it. Like gay marriage is okay, but like women's- well, certain parts of white culture, there are a lot of parts of white culture where they are not okay with it. That's true. Like mostly like you know southern white dudes who grew up in like Bible belty areas, it they're not going to support uh, someone coming out gay. I would I could see someone in like the Seattle Mariners organization coming out gay like that. Right, right, or like some like the. The, or, or, the, or the Golden State Warriors, or like the A. Like again, we're in the Pacific Northwest. Are we in that spot though? Because we talked about Kaepernick at the top of this show. Are we in that spot where, if you have outside the sort of right wing general norm political views, or you're an out gay athlete, you have to go to the L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Portlands of this world, New Yorks of this world, and you just can't. Be, maybe Chicago. Well, you go on the road with those. Yeah, guys. you go on the road with those guys. That's true. But I mean, like, as as popular as we say, you know, I think people know that there is gay energies out there. It's and there it has to be. And people, are, people who are so like um, awake on things, both sides, they know. I feel. I think we're going into that natural. Area. I mean, you're seeing baseball now with the ponytails and the the more expression, and then you have the couple guys on the Braves. They have a lot of young Dominican and Latino guys. Incredible, and they're very emotional. Hugging is okay. You're you're seeing. I'm I'm I'm. I think it's going in that way. You look at the celebrations. You're looking the blending of cultures Mm -hmm. in baseball, Mm -hmm. and. I mean, the brave guys, the two guys, the young, they were like Kunis and uh, they were like there was a they were getting not in trouble, but for like caressing each other in the dugout. Yeah, People are yeah. thinking, what's going on there? One was like maybe the guys they were close friends, and the guys something happened in his family. But yeah, yeah. I think we're slowly going. To, I mean, look, they had it in basketball with uh, the Collins guy. Yeah, with, yeah, with so we kind of did that, and they've had, except he wasn't out while he was playing. Was well, he did play. He brought him back, and he played with the with the Nets. He did play. He did. He did play. play. Yeah, but that was kind of like a, a charade. I'm not a charade, but he did come. He did play. And I think in football, there's enough stories of these guys post football that come out, and I think it's out there. And I think, sl- I think slowly we're moving it into that direction. And I would love to see it because I just, but I do think it is kind of like the last stand of old schoolness. 
that needs to be removed. Because it bothers me. I mean, they would make fun of, you know, how I run or how I walk. Are you gay? or that? I'm just a sensitive Jewish guy. You can yeah. see why maybe Jewish guys don't want to play sports sometimes or they're yeah. out. It's like the picking on. I'm not. I'm sensitive. I carry it with me. Right. And maybe that's why it works for me in comedy. Or so I, it's so funny because as Pete Holmes described in this documentary that we did, this poop documentary, Poop Talk, mm -hmm. comedians are funny because they're the alpha male. You're the one stand female. You're the one standing mm -hmm. on stage. You, you have, have a all room of people power. paying attention room to you. People yeah. paying attention. You have the power. Everyone's listening on what you're saying. Uh -huh. And then you reveal stuff about yourself that is so personal. Like the more vulnerable you the are, more the vulnerable better you, you are, are, the more points you get. And so it's like you, in a power move, show how vulnerable you are, which is such a funny mm -hmm. and evolved sort you of thing. You make idea. fun of yourself. Right. I mean, it, it's why, and it's why I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, not to dig deep into this, but why people felt betrayed by what happened with Louis. CK is the notion that he was so vulnerable so often and people saw him as that and uh -huh. they loved him for that. And then to not to like kind of skip over that part of him that wasn't that felt like a betrayal to people in a way that like, you know, was like if somebody else was called for that, if Dice, if you found out Dice did that, it probably wouldn't affect his audience that much. Right. You found out if Dice did that, or I'm not saying him, but like someone who is more aggressive on stage who doesn't deal with his own vulnerabilities on stage. That's why I think it was felt like that. And there is that. I don't think people can be vulnerable in sports like that. Well, to, to go back on the Louis thing, it was kind of like I heard that stuff. That was known kind of that. He, sure. In the business, that was known. Then you see the guy. He's a big guy. He's like, uh, you know, a, a buff guy. So I'm not saying I was shocked by that behavior. I was, um, I'm thinking that I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I was surprised or shocked, but he's a big guy. I could see, I was just under the assumption, like everybody knew and that's the, whether it makes it right or wrong, I'm not saying that. No. I so think, I wasn't let down when it all came out. But I like, think his audience didn't know. Most of his audience didn't know. And so like that was. His well, then they were some of, maybe they're naive a little bit or they didn't do their research. If you're going to really dig into somebody, know the whole, know all the facts. Mm. I don't know. I'm 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 not defending him. No, I'm just saying that I I knew about it and I wasn't somebody who I didn't feel like I needed to step up and say anything. Which I think is everybody's fault because people who did know probably should have said something initially. But how do you? It's crazy. Uh, but that's, that's, we're, we're veering we're back into sports. We're, we're back veering into sports. off. We're veering off, but that's veneers. Okay. We're veneering but off. Look, we can go in any yeah, direction we want. But we are kind of, the reason why we wanted to bring you on now is because yes. we're home stretching, like 25 games left. Yes. In the, or by the time this drops, there'll be probably about 18, 16, 17 games left in, yep. the, in the Major League Baseball season. I think we're careening towards an unbelievable, especially in the National League, American League a little bit less, but an unbelievable finish in the National League where like Five the Dodgers come up and, and beat the crap out of the, the Diamondbacks and you say, okay, this is their division. They're going to win. And then they lose to the Mets. Mm -hmm. It's like, and they're back down again. And so I feel like this is, and when you look at all the moves that the Dodgers made and the team that they have and the payroll they have, you say to yourself, they should be far and away the favorite here. But I feel like the Cubs are really the favorite here. Well, you Cubs know, you, are struggling, right? If you were to, act, I mean, right this specific moment. Moments. You know, baseball, it's, when you're in this final stretch, stretch. run, it's day-to-day. Yeah. It, we're all day-to-day. -day. But isn't that great? We're all day-to-day. But isn't that great? Doesn't it make you love that sport so much more? I feel like the addition of the wild card games means... The, one, so, the second wild card. Second wild card game means that there are so many 
cities that right now, as we stand on the precipice of, of the end of the season, are saying, we have a shot. Like yeah. St. Louis is like, we got a shot. Colorado's like, we got a shot. Milwaukee, we got a shot. Of course, the Cubs, of course, you know, the, the Nationals are mm-hmm. kind of out of it. But of course, you know, Atlanta, of course, the Cubs. And of course, you know, you've got the Dodgers and whatnot. But there are like a bunch of teams that are literally like, we have a shot to make the playoffs. And to me, that is great for a sport. It's exciting. It's it's uh, draining. It's I mean it's a lot. It's a commitment. It's commitment of fan to to watch all the 162 time. 162 games. I've almost had to take a couple weeks off from like baseball a little bit to get some because I'm I'm gonna go back into it. Yeah. You know I'll go visit a team. My friends are coached the Cubs, so I make my I'll go visit the Cubs. I, yeah, I know. I would love watching your Instagrams of you just like on the field. Doing oh stuff. yeah, it's fantastic. I used to Do get you all- get in the stretching circle and make people laugh. I've done that. I've stretched with them, but mm-hmm. that's more of. Uh, you stretched and actually pulled Anthony Rizzo's groin. Is that possible? How did you do that, folks? Well, I did suit up for the Cubs. I, I coached first base for the Cubs in Stop. spring training no against way. the Dodgers That's in 2016. Amazing. And you, from first, waved three people home. Is that possible? <laughs> Is that even possible that you waved them home? Well, you know what? You it did was, the three-base uh, wave. It was against the Dodgers. Uh-huh. Kershaw was pitching. Amazing. So you're standing on the first base line. So you get to see how, how sneaky, unbelievable fast he, is. he is. Just the different release points, how he holds that leg for an extra second. And then yeah, watch his move. Watch his move. Because we had Schwarber. He, uh, he got a base hit off him. Nice. So he was at first base, and he gave me his uh, shin guard. I'm holding it like yeah. a regular. I look like Amazing. a first base. Amazing. Well, I coach first base at Arizona State Did you also. call him Schwarbs? Did you call him Schwarbs? I call him Schwarber. But yeah, yeah guys call him Schwarbs. I mean... It, I was there. I go watch his move. He's got a quick move. You know, he does it. So I was saying that. And then there was a pass ball. AJ Ellis was catching. It was a ball in the dirt. He blocked it and it, it squirted out. And then Schwarber tried to go to second and AJ threw him out. He got caught stealing on and my he came watch. Back, and he came back and he yelled at you? Yeah, I got in trouble. Like Rick Sutcliffe gave me a hard time. Like that. That's on you. Sutcliffe gave you a hard time? Yep. Like What's it, Sutcliffe's job? He's ESPN. But that, that that's a great thing with spring training. Is, is that, that all the old players give come back you. and they, they just all give it. suit up? Like I got to, and then after I stayed in the dugout the whole game. Joe Fun. let me the Madden, and I'm sitting there with Rick Sutcliffe, Ryan Sandberg, and the regular players too. Arietta Hayward. This is why I like Joe Madden. Joe Madden's a guy who has interests outside of baseball. He yep. understands that baseball is important and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's his livelihood. It's how he makes his money. But he's like, I love wine. Yeah. I like riding my bike around. Exactly. I like reading books. He's like, a, I'm not saying he's a hippie, but he comes from that. It's a little time. bit of a renaissance man. And you kind yeah. of are like, there is, and I love that that guy won. That guy won a World Series for a city that had, you know, and had been to the World Series before and he finally mm-hmm. broke through. To me, even though he's Cubs, that guy makes me happy. All right. So we're sitting here now. I want you to predict because. I don't think we can. Like, I can tell you right now that the Golden State Warriors are going to win the NBA Finals. Right. Okay? I can just tell you that right now. It's going to happen. I said it last year. It was. It came true. I'm going to say it again. It's going to come true. Okay. okay. Whoever comes out of the East is not going to beat the Warriors, and the Warriors will probably, most likely, come out of the West, so they're going to win again. I, I predict that they'll three-peat, maybe even four-peat. Yeah. All right? But in baseball, we don't know. No. I can't tell you right now that – can you tell me right now that, yeah, Boston's had a hell of a year, but can you tell me that They're Boston gonna is going to beat the Astros? Can you say you that? You can't say that. That's the great thing about baseball. So you get to the playoffs, anything can happen, really. I mean, they say in football, anything can happen, too. I don't know. One game. But in baseball – I mean, the Dodgers beat Verlander in a crazy-ass game six, and you're saying to yourself, they got right, this. You got them at home. You got this. And then and they didn't get it. And they didn't get because it. Because Darvish, Darvish was started tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. Maybe yeah. he was scared. And Dave Roberts, a lot of people give him a hard time. Like he was just managing by num you know, it's like a num- managing yeah, he by wasn't numbers. By feel. By feel and he didn't do it by feel. He did it by what he thought was 
by something he checked off the night before instead of looking day of instead of being going, in the moment but it's not all him it's the it's the whole it's the it's the front office also the general manager they're they're all it's the whole team making Everybody's that weighing in agreed and, and no one wants to make the call it's like hollywood no one wants to make the mistake of the thing that fails so they rather like go with the safe choice of something but the truth is you go back and you look at those San Francisco Giants when mm -hmm. they won with Madison Bumgarner they just worked that guy into the ground they're like he's the guy we got he's the guy who's going to take us going to pitch three thing. games. And I don't he, give a shit. And, and he's and, a tough guy from North Carolina. Right. Raised on Zach Galifianakis's backyard, probably. <laughs> raised, raised on motorbike races. Uh, no, but like you look ahead, you look at Kershaw and you say, why wasn't he starting that game? Why didn't Kershaw start? And if he gets into a little bit of trouble, then you bring in you Darvish. You know, that's a big question that's going to follow Dave Roberts around unless the Dodgers can get back to the World Which, Series. Which, by the way, the I believe they can. I believe they can put together a mini run at the end and then actually, like you said, the Cubs are struggling a little bit. Who's to say the Dodgers don't make it through again? Who's to say the Dodgers don't face the Astros again and then finally right all the wrongs that, that happened And we year? don't even know who's going to get in the playoffs. We that's don't. the thing. It's like you don't – Dodgers may not right, make so it so pick playoffs. a World Series right now. Pick me a World Series. I mean, I'm that's – to me, if you were to ask me, of course right I'm pulling for the Cubs. Okay, I'm I'm loyal to the Chicago Cubs because you Cubs. have friends in that thing. So you think the Cubs are probably going to head back? Not a bad choice. I'm not thinking they are. I'm putting out. I, I'm still have to go meet with the team. I have to be honest. I have to focus on the positive. Right. And I, I'm not one of. I'm an insider. Yeah. I, I I have access to information beyond numbers. You're like Jesse Ventura. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, an insider. But but I really am. I've seen that. That's sure. just. I mean, it's a fact, and um, I see it. And I feel like baseball, you got to have it's, it's, there's energies. There's, mm -hmm. there's that you got to have that, that you got to go for, like a Tommy Lasorda, like a Joe Torrey. You got to like, or like a, even a Tony LaRussa. I thought Lasorda back in the day was like the, the one tough guy on the West Coast who's like, we got to give it back to the East Coast. He's like guy. the guy yeah. who ate at an Italian restaurant, like with mobsters every night. Yeah. But, you know? But that's him. what you needed. You, LA, you needed like a, a Tommy Lasorda, a character, the baseball bunch. He was old school. He'd right. yell. The wizard. Today, you're not allowed to yell. You're not allowed to do anything. He, he, he picked up on energies. Yeah. A lot of these guys, they don't. They're, it is about numbers, yes, and analytics, and this guy's not going to swing at an O-O curveball yeah. and this and that. Yeah. But then you also need balls. You also need guys who care. Because a lot of guys, believe it or not, probably don't care. That's that's so true. All right, so I'm asking you right now, gun you to the head. Cubs, National League, and who in, the American, the, who in the American League? Who makes it through? It looks like the Red Sox are. So, so. Cubs, Red Sox, which to me would be... A fantastic, two incredible stadium. The two best parks in all of baseball, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field, going at it, historic ballparks. Who wins that? I, again, um, I'm, I'm putting my energies with the Cubs. Okay. That's what happened in 2016. And they could be like an every other year thing, like the like the Giants, like the Giants were. Cubs might be an even year, you know. Even it. Stevens, twenty two, right, well, my birthday. There you go. Let's take a break. We'll take right, a you break. heard it. You there heard you it right Brody there. Brody Stevens called it. Brody Stevens made it happen. Brody Stevens uh, kept it alive. Uh, and when we come back, we'll do some quick hits with Stephen Brody Stevens right here on view from the cheap seats. This is brother. Seasons waiting on you. The bad, bad, not good remix. We'll be right back with more Brody Stevens right after this. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? 
Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay, and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Hey guys, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Brody Stevens. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Brody is me friend, uh, and on Instagram as well. I love the Instagram. We follow you on both. Yeah, you're a great follow on both, man. Especially if you're a sports fan. When those, like we were mentioning before, videos of you like down on the field with the Cubs, and you have friends in in basically many baseball yeah. organizations, and it is just fun to see you in the access that you have, and you always make it funny. Thank I, you. I just put you out in an environment with people and have you interact with people. To me, it is my favorite thing. You're one of the best crowd workers out there you're one of the best hosts out there uh we love doing comedy with you check him out whenever he's doing comedy uh, on the uh at brodystevens.com you can check out his dates needs to update that or update just that follow right. him Data. or follow HTML. him <laughs> code it up all right we got some crickets shall we get into some crickets with brody stevens let's do it let's do it all right first things first uh, all right, at the beginning of the college football season, the NCAA, they love to play big games in neutral sites, which I don't love. I, you know, I don't know if, about you, but like, you know, people, I remember Michigan played Florida in Dallas in the Cowboys Jerry Stadium. Dome. In it's, Jerry not, World. it's not fun, and it gives a chance for you to see how much professional sports teams don't give a shit about, about college. college sports teams. I don't know if you saw this past weekend. Tennessee played in Carolina Panther Stadium. Yep, right. At okay. Bank of America Field or whatever it's called. And... In the end zone. In the end zone. They painted the Tennessee end zone, and look at what it looked like. Black and kind of orange. Looks is, pretty good, close. Is that Tennessee's colors? No, no, black is not part of Tennessee's Come colors. on. Te- when you I've, think Tennessee maybe college football, what do you think when you think Tennessee college football, the end zone? What is it? Checkerboard. 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 What colors? White. And orange. White and orange. orange. Black That's, is nowhere near it. This how would like, you not do the checkerboard just to say, like the look, Pittsburgh Steelers? Like it, who is, it, it just shows you that, like, really, you didn't even just check... You can go online I can and Google, Google Tennessee, I can Google Tennessee volunteer end zone. end zone, and you'd see it exactly what over it is. and over and over and over again. Even if even if you didn't put Tennessee down, but you just put the the white checkerboard and an orange checkerboard, I think Tennessee fans would have been like, "Thank you very they much." Got what it. was the other? Uh, yeah, I mean, end they zone. got it right. Whoever they got they it right. Playing, they got it right. I, I don't like. I don't like the. Uh, it used to be kind of cool. Like the one they would have a, a kickoff classic. Now there's they're yeah they're every year. They're in the Meadowlands. Yeah, they're in like, and they're in uh, North Carolina. They're in Dallas. They're going to be all and it, but it it's takes a, away. It's from also it. like who is that for? Like you know, I obviously we're we're Michigan fans. We don't hide it. And Michigan took one on the chin. A very tough loss. 
in a hostile environment. They went to Notre Dame. They played in that field. Friends of ours who went to the game said, you know what? It sucked to watch Michigan lose. And it came down to a few plays that they screwed up or it could have been a different ball game. But you know what? The environment was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You can't, you have to respect how great touched being do this in the shadow of touchdown Jesus. You, you respect it. You go to the horseshoe in Ohio State, you respect it because it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's a great stadium. But also, your your postseason games are going to be in a neutral site. So they so are. There's so a way why, to look at it that way, too. So why, so why play the beginning of the year game? Because clearly they could give a shit. Yeah, and this like if they're is putting, like making Tennessee's colors black, and if you're dropping black in there. So you're down on the college football guys? I'm down, down on, on the, the neutral stadium, site. And I'm down on the neutral so site at the beginning of the game. I get it at the end of the year, do what you got to do. But at the beginning of the year, all games should be part of the fun. Field. Also, part of the fun for the schools is getting to see, especially if it's a non-conference game between two big schools. Like part of the fun is being a student, being at your house, partying at your house, like, rolling yeah, like out why, into the school. Like why didn't Washington play Auburn at Auburn? Yeah, they, pl- mean, they played in Georgia, so it was kind of like a home game for, for Auburn, Auburn and Washington to come a long way. But I would much rather see a home and home. I'd much rather see them play Auburn at Auburn and then next year you got to go up and you got to play in Seattle so mm-hmm. now you're you know and you're in Alabama playing Auburn and then yeah it's like they're they're you're missing a great opportunity to highlight how great the campuses are and the campus atmosphere and the ga- the pregame and how drunk people can be there you go but did they want maybe they wanted to showcase that new stadium in Atlanta is that they where they did, played it they did but who's that for who's that for is that for Mercedes, that Mercedes Benz thank right. you it's for that it's, it's not for either the colleges, corporation which you, you, you're going away from what the game means alright I agree you t- it's 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 you, you want to see those uh, in the other you want to see UCLA playing at those stadiums alright now the when something thank, thank you Do next story now listen when something good happens in sports you want to continue. You mm-hmm. don't want people to be like, all right, we got to stop this shit. Keg stands may no longer be allowed with the Stanley Cup. What? Why? Are you kidding me? This was the best part of the Capitals post-championship celebration last year when Alexander Ovechkin, or as my son who called him Oven uh, Chicken, Alexander Oven Chicken, <laughs> got up and did a keg stand. But apparently the people who work for the Stanley Cup, that was one guy is his name. He said, he, we What's don't want it anymore. I'll tell you the guy's Give name. It guys. bends it? The, the foundation it ben, can't it handle? Abs- See, Brody, you know. You absolutely know what's what. It bends what. the handle. It bends. It potentially could do it. It puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> I'm so, okay for that. I mean, he did it with Jim, Jimmy Fallon did it in the cup on TV, but apparently Philip Pritchard, which sounds like a guy who's just like a ball buster for the yeah, rules, right. said the NHL would respectfully prefer that the players not subject the trophy to keg stance for fear of hurting it. Typically during a keg stand, you know this, your legs are up in the air, full body weight on things. But someone's holding you. People are holding you. People we, are holding your legs This up. is what they said. Why can't they say, hold them up harder? We asked them politely not to do it, Pritchard told the Washington Post. We're trying to preserve the history well, of the Well, if, if there's one thing that hockey players listen to, it's, it's polite request. If you politely yes. request We're a Canadian. hockey Todd, yes. Bert, Todd Bertuzzi, I request politely that you don't, don't punch hit. someone from behind. Ty Domi. We'll see there. what happens as we move forward. With the are Cubs. you an L.A. Kings guy? I grew up here in L.A., yeah. A Marcel Dion Marcel, fan? Uh, Charlie Simmer. Luke Robitaille. Rogie Vachon. Rogie the great Vachon. one. Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. Steve Duchesne. Luke Robit- Robitaille. 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 Uh, Robitaille. Robitaille, who actually started Robitussin. If he didn't have a Robitussin uh, endorsement, endorsement deal, that's, that, that, that's, that's on Robitussin for now. He should have, right? That's yeah. on Robitussin for Luke fucking that Robitussin. Luke Robitussin. I love whenever someone in the stands at any sporting event is caught doing something ridiculous or even any uh, Supreme Court usually Supreme rank, Court nomination hearing. Uh, first of all, everyone was making a big deal out of George W. Bush at McCain's funeral, like 
passing Michelle Candy Obama. Gone, right? No one's talking about Cheney falling asleep during Bush's speech. Because Cheney passed away three years ago. People right. don't know it. <laughs> he, uh, fell, he was falling. He fell Head asleep. was going down. I'm like, who's that old guy? Oh, oh shit, shit, it's Cheney. Cheney. Cheney falling asleep at Bush's at speech. At Cheney's funeral, he's going to have a 21-gun salute. And all the guns are going to be pointed at the guy he shot in the face. Yeah. At the, it's a hunting. It was a hunting accident. It was a hunting, hunting accident. accident. Uh, so I'm talking about the woman who did the white power. Oh, her. <laughs> what do you, I mean? What do you think him. about that? Do you that think was, she's really doing it? Who she, sits her with husband her hand, like, is claiming she's Mexican and Jewish. Right. But you know what? Who's she? Louis C.K. Thank you. You don't put a finger down. You don't there, put a so. hand. It seemed. In, it seemed, seemed like a weird. Exactly. Like why would your hand be in position that way? But what? Who is it? I I, I don't know who. It's the, a who white is it? supremacist. I know, but who is she? Is she really signaling somebody? Something. Dog whistles. Just like Halloween five. Keep your ears. Hey, <laughs> well, a woman this week at the U.S. Open was caught dipping her chicken tender into her Coke. Did you see that? I did at not. The US Open at the and U.S. The, Open. And the I, internet. Uh. By the way, what's a more of a white supremacist thing? Like doing making the white supremacist okay sign or dipping your chicken tender in Coke? To me, that's a dog whistle. That's like <laughs> round up the Jews at that point. Chicken tender and Coke. And chicken tender goes in the Coke, round up the Jews. Uh, no, there there is something interesting about, and wonderful about this moment. Well, there is that moment where you don't think anyone's watching you. And, and you, so you just take you that chicken that tender. Weird thing dip, that you, by the way, you dip a chicken tender in Coke, it disintegrates. Am I right? It's got to, right? It's got to. All the tender goes off. Well, so this woman is then interviewed, which I, if you can find, go to the link and find the interview of this woman. Find, find uh, how much this one, I'll, I'll put it up to the mic. She did it intentionally? It I'm, wasn't like I'm just put this by up accident? To the mic so you can hear it. Uh, I'm going to yeah. try and I mean, it. I do that sometimes and I'm just I don't know if you can hear concentrating. it. Concentrating. TMZ, we'll hear. L- this. Listen to how much she's talking about it. Like she's talking about like a trade agreement with China. Hold on, we've got a little. Uh, any tariffs? No tariffs and all kinds of stuff. She, uh, first of all, whoever interviewed her, that's too much of a commitment to this dummy. Yeah, like why is she getting interviewed? Second of all, this woman is. Like, like, we don't interview like our players enough, and yet she not. gave more of an interview about this than like anyone, anyone I've ever heard, like about any play or By any By the way, there thing. is a Takis commercial happening before. Remember, do you know Takis? I know Takis. It's like a hot, like spicy a hot spi- okay. chip that my kids like. Uh, She's one of those people whose voice goes up at the end. Yeah. Stopped for a brief period. I think when I was maybe in like middle school, high school, I was like, this is too weird to bring it to adulthood. I can't. This is already too much information about her dipping it. Who is this? Katie Nolan? At one point, I was just like, F it. I, <laughs> F it. I like it. I'm going to try it again. So I Ooh. did a Knicks game, and it was the first time I'd done it in like four or five years. And then I just kept going. My dad was Ooh. like, it'll cool it off. And so now she throws her, like dad, her, right, her dad under the, the bus. bus. Come now on. Now she throws her dad under the bus. My dad said it'll cool she up. She is kind of beautiful. I'm a dad, all right? And there's kids. There's no way I have would kids. ever pass no, that on to. No, but I, there is a moment where I bet her dad was not paying attention to her, wanting to watch whatever sporting event they're at, right? Yep. He got her the overpriced chicken tenders. He needs her to eat a meal. Mm-hmm. He's been told by his wife, you got to feed her when mm-hmm. you're there. And she hasn't been eating what. She's complaining that it's too hot. She's been complaining of course for, she's for like complaining two or three innings of or course. whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he knows it's not too hot. 
He's just like, dip it in your Coke and dip shut the, the hell up. Dip it in the Coke. It's please. not hot anymore. See? If, if you dip it in the Coke, will you stop complaining? And then boom. And, and, then, the and then a habit was And then born. she thinks that's how you cool it off for the rest of her life because she's the kind of person who doesn't ask questions of the universe. She just is like, accepts what is told. Her. Well, she was there at the U.S. Open with her nephews. Oh, then now they got the nephews doing it now. Yes! This is how it starts. This so if I'm the parents starts. of those boys, of the nephews, this is the last time she gets to hang out with them alone. Yep. Right? Yeah. Now you're like, you got a glimpse into privileges. like what she does with, her, with you, her kids. You lose your privileges. It's almost like she's te- she's waking him watch porn. Unbelievable. That, and, and, and I mean, normally an event so, like that, you have to like get it. Don't you have lids on the soda? Yeah, she's There's got like a lid off. You got to open it up, and you got to really make that. There's choice. effort involved. Thank yes. you. And then imagine if the the coke is like half drinking, half. Well, then you got to reach really in there. dig in. Now you're you elbow your deep. You're elbow deep into a coke, dipping your chicken in there. And it, then the ice, get maybe a little ice terrible. to cool it down too. <laughs> but like, is there anything worse than like a wet, like a soggy chicken tender? No. And can we do it? Soggy it, uh, straws now. They have paper straws that we're going to get too. used to that. But here's the thing. I think at least they're calling them chicken tenders. Because when they were calling them chicken, chicken fingers, fingers, that bothered the shit out of me. That them. felt weird. You're right. It they was got too, rid of chicken fingers. It was too specific of a body part and a body part that chickens don't have. To me, I, if you called them chicken labia, it would have been a better call. Yeah. Chicken toes. Chicken to- Chicken labia. All right. They did get rid of chicken fingers. They, they got rid of chicken fingers. They Brody, you gotta get you gotta get out of here, Brody. You I gotta, gotta go to out. yeah. I gotta you gotta go do, do another podcast. thing. Hey, that's, that's the way it goes. Brody Stevens, uh, we love having you on the show. You make everything better. Baseball. Uh, Brody at Brody is me friend is me friend on Twitter. Brody. Based on Tony and Mr. Lee, my bus boys in New York. Brody, you got you me friend. I was a waiter at Cafe Undu Trois yeah, on Forty Fourth and One, 6th. two, three. One, two, three. Brody, you me friend. Everything's an homage. So Brody is me friend. Brody is me friend on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, I have Instagram. I have a Facebook fan page. Love it. Check Go him out. Go see him Go live, see him too. Live. If you haven't seen Brody live, it he is He is fun. He's magical, story. and you'll be talking like him for the rest of the yeah, day. You got it. Yeah, special yes. live from the main room, available for download. This is View from the Cheap Seats. This is Birth, School, Work, Death, The Godfathers. Enjoy it. We turn around to upside down with all its scenes shut off trail. All right, that was uh, Brody. That was our interview with him and Quick Hits, which uh, you just you get it. You get why we love him and and we miss him. Why and it just leaves a giant hole in the middle of this comedy. I mean, industry. it's funny because we just I, I didn't see him every day and we didn't hang out a lot nope. outside. We had a of different this. friendship, but we saw him every week that we performed because he was always around. That was the thing that. Everybody, everyone has stories about him. Everyone, everyone has, has pictures with him. Everyone has stories about him because he inserted himself. He there's, was out. There's was no out. other comic that after he was standing around with you and he leaves, all four of you started to sound like him and talk like him. That's what he he was infectious in that way, in a positive way. So instead of having a, a voicemail or an interview with a character at the end of this, we just want to leave you with some of his comedy that we love so much. Uh, this is a set from the Meltdown TV show. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Brody is uh, or who were just introduced to him by listening to this just now, uh, this is a little bit of his comedy and uh, and why it was so and fantastic. As, I, as he would say, enjoy. You got it. Positive push. I'm feeling great. I'm intense. I get road rage at a car wash. I've done it. Give me wax. Under Armour. What is it? Okay, Under Armour. Whatever. I made a mistake. Edit it out. 
Two VCRs and a pause button. I'm Robert Rodriguez. From Austin, Texas, home of South by Southwest. We're in Hollywood. I'm from the Valley, 818 till I die. You got it. I'll take you up to Mulholland. Okay. I'll take you up to Mulholland. Okay, stay, stop it. I got a lot of things going on in my head. I sleep on an air mattress. It's depressing. Literally, there's a hole in it. I'm back. I'm back. Yes. Boom. Right there. Where'd you go to high school? Chicago. You got it. The big one. Chicago. Why do you live in L.A.? I want to make things. He wants to make things. And you couldn't do it in Chicago? All right, hardcore, aggressive. Let me bring it back down. But my show did, my show, I had a show on Comedy Central and it actually got reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it got four pickles and um, new bit, new bit, I tried it out. <laughs> I mean, come on, you gotta give me a chuckle based off Cadence alone. I'm pushing it. I'll kick the ceiling and wake the neighbor. I read your energy. Now I'm gonna bring it down. I like your style. You're a good guy. You grew up here in LA. I did not. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Where, what high school did you go to? Pittsfield High. Pittsfield in Massachusetts. Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Did you put him up to this? Pittsfield, Illinois? There's a, is there a Pittsfield, Massachusetts? Yeah. Only three people backed me on that? You knew there was a Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Am I correct? I did know that. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry that I'm doing this right now. <laughs> that. This crowd deserves me, not a notebook. You deserve my energy because I fought for this moment. I won a contest and I got to be on this show. Why are you clapping? You want me out of here? I guess so. Where are you from, Illinois? I'm aggressive. I get B.O. in the shower. Classic bit, I'll never retire it. Thank you very much, guys. Okay, there you go. There you go. Gonna miss you, buddy. I really am. And um, we will think about him deeply all the time. I even just Love. think of hug the people in hug your the people life. You know, if anybody's if anyone's struggling, hug them hard and hug reach them out deep. extra hard and make sure they have help. Um, I think about him, and especially because it's a sports podcast. You know that Arizona State University had a moment of silence for him on I the do. baseball field, and Madden talked about him. Joe uh, Madden talked about him, and you know I just remember that on our Instagram. Go check it out. There's a picture of him throwing a perfect pitch. Slow motion. When we did, he he threw the batting. He threw the he pitched for Jay Larson and Ryan Sickler in the All Things Comedy Home Run Derby between. He the threw out the first pitch. Threw out the first pitch. Um, and he did throw. He he threw for one of them, and he just because he was that giving. He always served it up for you, and that was a perfect. 
perfect metaphor for who he was. This is Genio case study. He's a case study and a great dude, and we'll miss him. All right, Punch Waterfalls, guys. We'll see you next week.